morning, everybody. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited to be here with you today. I want to start off by telling you a little story. Um, when I first got on staff here, uh, it was a few years back, and I grew up in this church, going to this church, and we would always go on youth and kids events, right? And we'd always ride in the church van, okay? I was really excited uh, when I came on staff because I was old enough to drive the church van, right? Like, that's a really exciting moment for me, okay? Some of you might be like, why are you excited about that, Lance? I have no idea. It was just really fun, okay? And I came on and I was like, dude, I get to drive the church van. And we were going to a baseball game in El Paso with some of the men from the church. And so we take off and, and we're going to this baseball game and, and uh, me and Mike are uh, two of the people in this church van. And I was like, Mike, are you cool if I drive? And he's like, yeah, dude, go ahead. And I was like, yes. And so I get behind the driver's seat and we're driving this church van. Now I need to preface something real quick. I am by no means a mechanic. Okay. I know very little about engines, cars, all of that. So, so we're driving and it's really hot. Y'all know one of those hot summer Alamogordo days, right? So we got the AC blasting. We're driving down the highway to El Paso and the car starts kind of like making funny noises, right? And I'm, the van is, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really know what that means, but I think it's fine, right? And uh, I, I'm like, we'll figure it out. Like, let's just keep driving. And so we keep driving. And as we're driving, all of a sudden, a little bit of smoke starts coming out from like the engine. And I'm like, Mike, I didn't know our van did this. That's kind of like, we got a smoke show going on. That's kind of cool, right? And Mike's like, dude, what is your, uh, the little gauge that shows like the heat in the engine, right? He's like, what is that? And I was like, it's on red. Is that like a bad thing? And he's like, dude, you need to pull over. And I'm like, well, we're in Chaparral. We're almost there. So we pull over. I, I, we open the hood and I'm looking in it. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at. It looks like an engine. It looks fine, right? It looks good. Let's close it and keep driving. So we close the, we close the hood back. And we drive a little bit further, and a lot more smoke starts coming out of the engine. And so at this point, uh, we pull over, and we're about 10 minutes outside of El Paso. And we pulled over. Y'all, that, that van was history that day. You know how terrifying it is to be the brand new guy on staff and have to call your boss and go, hey, you know that van you let me drive for the first time? We don't have it anymore, right? Like, you know how it was terrifying. But here's the great and good news that uh, as the next gen pastor, I can say we have some marvelous vehicles now that we get to drive the students in, right? They're all great. They're all working good and everything. Um, but that van, that, here's the thing about that van. That van was just on its last leg, right? Like it was kind of the end of that van's life. That van was pushing through and doing everything it could. But at some point, that van was just going to burn out, right? That van was just going to kind of be done. And that can be something funny to look at when it comes to a vehicle, but what about when we feel a little bit like that van felt, right? Have you ever felt pushed beyond your limits? Have you ever felt like, like you are exhausted in every capacity? Have you ever been to a place where you feel like you just can't keep going? Like giving up is the only viable option? or that your pace just isn't sustainable any longer? Have you been there in life? Maybe, maybe you're there today. I, I read one of these and I talked about it and it hit you and you said, hey, that's, that's a little bit of my season. That's some of what I'm going through. We're in this series called Peace of Mind. And we've been talking through and discussing these, this verse from 1 Thessalonians that Paul writes when he talks about peace. And he says this, he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've been talking about peace of mind and this peace that God has for us. This peace that is something God desires for each and every one of us 
to have in our lives. We've been talking about that there's three areas that we can focus on that God gives us principles to hold on to to help us achieve this peace. In, both the, in all three, the body and then the soul, meaning the mind, and the spirit. And so today, we're going to finish this whole series, and we're going to be talking about this, this big idea of burnout, okay? We're going to talk today about burnout. Uh, Forbes stated in an article in 2022 that approximately 70% of people experience burnout. 70%, which this is why this is really important. Like 70% is a big statistic. This means that in this room, seven out of 10 people sitting here today experience burnout, according to this statistic. This means that if you're, if you're here today and you're like, man, burnout isn't something I've experienced, something I don't think I'm going to experience. I don't see myself going through that. Don't tune out. And here's why. Because even though you might not be in the season of it, odds are you have a loved one, a family, a friend that's going through it. And there's some great godly advice that you can give them to help them through that season. Because that's what we're supposed to be as a church, right? Is thinking of others, showing others we care, and helping others through those types of seasons. And th there's a big difference uh, be between stress and burnout. Because we've already talked about stress in this series. But the thing about stress is that stress is generally short-lived and is related to a temporary project or event. Burnout, on the other hand, is chronic stress that feels never-ending. It's this stress that feels like there's no end to it, that feels like there's no way out of it. And here's the biggest problem with burnout, is that burnout will stop you from pursuing your, your passion and fulfilling your purpose. And can I say, man, God has given this church body a purpose that is bigger than us. And he's put a passion and a burning in our hearts for this county. We cannot burn out. We need to be people who are pursuing God and fulfilling the passion and the purpose that he's put on our lives. And so my desire for each and every one of us is that today we could learn some principles that can help us when we feel like we're facing burnout. Or that can help us share with our friends and our family when they feel like they might be in a place of burnout. Now, it's interesting to talk about this topic. When Justin first asked me uh, to talk about it, I was like, okay, well, where in scripture do we see this? You see, the term burnout didn't come around until like the 1970s. And so it's crazy that we're not going to find the exact verbiage of this in scripture. However, we do see a story of a man who faced this and went through it. And this is one of my favorite people. I talk about him a lot when I'm preaching. Um, this is the guy, Peter. Can everybody say Peter. I, I love the story of Peter. Peter was a disciple um, of Jesus. He was a, a Jewish boy. A lot of scholars think he was probably under like the age of 25. So he was a young man, possibly a teenage boy. Um, he was the only disciple that walked on water. He was the only human to walk on water other than Jesus. He was the first one to confess Jesus as the Messiah, as the Lord. And then Jesus even ended up telling Peter at one time in, in his ministry, uh, he told Peter, he said, you're the rock. You're, you're what I'm going to build my church on. And then a little bit later on, Peter kind of got a little bit too big for his own britches. Anybody ever been there, right? Peter got a little bit too big for his own britches, and, and Jesus actually compared him to Satan. So Peter kind of had like an ebb and flow in his life, right? He went through some crazy stuff. Um, and, and while thinking about Peter, I thought, man, is there any way we could like maybe see what Peter possibly would have looked like? I'm not sure, but maybe he looked a little something like this, right? <laughs> He was called the rock. We're not sure, okay, but uh, maybe, maybe a little bit uh, like this. So there you go. That's a, that's a free one just for you, okay? Um, but Peter, Peter did get to a place 
where he experienced some burnout. And so I want to talk about today, how did he get there and how do we get there when it comes to burnout? What are some of the signs that show we're on our way to burnout? And what are some of the signs that, that brought Peter to the place where he burned out? You see, Peter got to a place where he was so burned out, he actually left his calling and he walked away and went back to what was comfortable. And if we're not careful, we can trade our calling for comfort from burnout. And I don't want that for you guys. And God doesn't want that for you. And so what did, what did Peter face and what do we often face that leads to burnout? Well, the first thing is to act without consideration. I call it the go, 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 right? This is where we, we just are constantly on the move. Our calendar is full. It's a go, go, go attitude. We want to get everything done, and we don't consider what this is going to mean for our family. We don't consider what this is going to mean for our future. We don't consider if this is a sustainable pace for us. We're just concerned in the moment, and we act without, we act without consideration. We go, go, go. Peter was somebody who did this quite a few times in Scripture. One of the times um, Jesus had told his disciples, uh, he said, hey, I'm going to be laying down my life, but don't worry, I'm going to come back later in three days. And his disciples were all super confused. They're still like, I don't understand what you're saying, Jesus. I don't get what's going on. And Jesus uh, ends up going to this garden to pray. One of his disciples, Judas, he knows is going to betray him. Judas shows up with some Roman guards to betray Jesus. And when he gets there, um, Judas tells the guards, he says, hey, I'm going to go kiss one of them on the cheek. When I kiss that man, that's the man you need to arrest. So Judas goes, he kisses Jesus on the cheek. The guards start to arrest Jesus, and Peter gets in a go, go, go mood. And here's what Peter did. In John 18.10, it says this, then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And so Peter, in this moment, is not considering, like, man, you've already confessed Jesus is the Messiah. He's the son of God, meaning he's, he has all power in the world. If Jesus doesn't want to be arrested, guess what? Jesus isn't going to be arrested, right? But Peter's not thinking about that. Peter's only considering in the moment, oh, my goodness, they're taking Jesus. I need to defend him. And he pulls out a sword and, like, chops off a servant's ear. Like, that's a pretty crazy scenario, right? Peter acts without consideration. And this is the first, this is the first moment that starts kind of leading into uh, Peter's time of burnout. And you see, sometimes we can do this in our lives too. We can think, man, I've just got to, I've got to make sure it works. I'm doing project after project after project. And we're not considering whether it's sustainable for us to keep in this kind of rhythm. We've got our calendar so packed that there's no margin for any kind of rest. There's no margin for any kind of rejuvenation with our family. There's no, there's no time to just chill with each other, to hang out, to get to talk. There's, there's not even time to rest with God. Because we're so packed and we're so go, go, go. And so Peter found himself in a spot where he was acting without consideration. And so right after this, um, they, they take Jesus and he starts going through these different trials. And as he's going through this trial, we pick up a little bit later in the story and we find Peter again. And the second thing that we find out that Peter does in this is that he begins to go at life alone. And going at life alone, it will often lead to burnout for us. And maybe, maybe some of you are there today. You're here and, and you came to church and, and you're, you're here this morning and you're thinking, man, there, there's definitely some stuff I'm going through in life and I don't have anybody with me. I'm walking through this by myself. 
And I wish I had someone there with me. You see, Peter ends up finding himself going at life alone. It says this in Luke 22, 54 through 60. It says, then seizing him, they led him away, talking about Jesus, and took him into the house of a high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat with them. And a servant girl saw, that he, saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. So this little servant girl looks at Peter and says, look, guys, this guy was with Jesus. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. And verse 58 says this, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter again replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Now this moment is is a huge moment for Peter. He finds himself separated. Just, Just moments before when he was in the garden, he was so ready to fight for Jesus when he was with the other disciples, when he was with his people. But when he finds himself separated and alone, Peter finds himself exhausted. Peter finds himself without the energy to move on. Peter finds himself in a moment where he is alone. And in this moment, he doesn't even have the courage to tell a servant girl that he knows Jesus. Now, one of the most impactful moments about this is that Jesus had told Peter he would deny him three times. He had even told Peter that this was about to happen. But because Peter was by himself, he didn't have the courage he led himself into a place of burnout. And maybe, maybe you've kind of been there in some areas in your life or you're in that season now where you feel alone and, and you're, you're like, man, I am trying to figure out dating and it's tough and I have no one to go to for advice. And, and so I just, I don't know. I don't know if I have the courage to keep going. I feel like I'm just going to give up or, or maybe for you, you're like, man, I got a new baby. I got a new baby. And I'll tell you, man, that, that is tough, Right. Teething is like from the enemy, right? Okay, so it's hard. It's tough. And trying to do it alone will lead you to burnout. Maybe it's something extremely serious in your life. Maybe your marriage, you feel like your marriage is falling apart. And you have no one to talk to. You have nowhere to go and no no one to get advice from or help or to counsel you and your spouse. Maybe it's a a, a relationship with your son, your daughter, someone in your family, and, and you're about to break that relationship completely because you just feel like giving up and you feel alone like Peter did. Right after Peter denies him, Luke tells us that something interesting happens that leads him to his last point at burnout, which is this. He dwells on what he did wrong and a lot of times we can dwell on what we did wrong and lead us into a place of burnout. Luke twenty two sixty through 62 puts it this way. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And he remembered the words of Jesus when he said, you will deny me three times and then the rooster will crow. Verse 61 says this, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And verse 62 says this, And he went outside 
and wept bitterly. Can, can, you, can you imagine this moment for Peter when he just denied his Savior, this man that had been his teacher and he recognized was the Son of God? He denies him three times, and as soon as the rooster crows, he remembers Jesus' words, and it says that the Lord looked at him, and he wept bitterly. In this, in this time and season, uh, people didn't have alarm clocks, right? And so there wasn't the, the nice phone to wake you up with a nice little tune or anything kind of cool like that, right? No, what they had everywhere, though, was a bunch of roosters, Right? Can you imagine with me, while I, was, while I was thinking about this and thinking about Peter's story, can you imagine having to wake up every morning to the reminder of what you did? Every day when the rooster crowed, Peter was reminded of his betrayal to his Savior. There's a reason he wept bitterly. And there's a reason that he found himself in burnout. Can you, can you just think with me every day, and especially for those first three days when Jesus was in the tomb, the rooster crows and Peter wakes up remembering first thing what he did and dwelling on what he did wrong. This had to be like torturous for Peter. Charles Glassman, who is a, a doctor that um, has been focusing on studying kind of like the internal uh, mental things and how those really affect our lives all together, our thoughts and, and how those kind of lead us to actions. He says this, he says, believing in negative thoughts is the single greatest obstruction to success. This is why if we continue to dwell on what we did wrong and think about that over and over again, it will lead to burnout. And so, cool, Lance, you've really set us up for a great day today, right? Talked about all the stuff that leads us to that, but here, here's the truth. And yes, there, there are some things in life that we need to recognize and know. Why? Because we need, we need to recognize when these things are coming up in our lives so we can learn to address them. But the truth of the gospel is that God has given us ways to work on these. God has given us some biblical truths and principles that if we apply them, we can prevent burnout or we can get out of that phase and area in our lives. So are you all ready for the good part of this? All right, all right, let's get through this then. So we're gonna talk about how do we get out? How do we get out of the burnout? And we're gonna talk first about the body. In the body, uh, we need to learn to make margin. Instead of just constantly being in the go, go, go attitude, instead of the acting without consideration, it's this idea of intentionally making margin in our schedule and in our lives. God even set this up in the very beginning. In Exodus, when he sets these guidelines and these rules for his people, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, he says this. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. He said, six days you shall labor and do all your work. For in six days, the Lord, well, I think we missed one there. All right, here we go. Did I, oh, yeah, sorry. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You see, God, God gives us these guidelines and these directions to make margin in our schedule. Man, maybe, maybe it's as simple as making a day to sleep in for you. 
Maybe it's something of scheduling some time to rest and truly reflect on what God did this week that was great. What did God do for you? What did God do for your family? And another thing it does is, is the intentional margin to say no to things. It's the idea to create this margin where we can say, hey, this is time I've set aside to have time to rest, to have time to reflect, to have some time with my family. So that when somebody asks, you know, hey, I really need some help doing this, I need work on this project, we have that intentional margin in that time we can say, hey, this time I've got set aside. This time I've got set aside for margin in my life. You see, it's interesting that um, a lot of times we want God's blessings while violating his principles. And, and we, we're like, God, would you, would, you, would you do this for me? God, I'm looking for your blessings. God, I'm looking for your provision in this. But are we listening to his principle of the Sabbath? Are we setting this time aside and keeping it holy? Are we recognizing God in our rest? Are we taking time to rejuvenate in him? And so that's one way we can work on this with the body. With the soul, it's live life together. It, the author Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. He says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now, it's interesting. Paul, Paul gives a comparison here. He says, carry each other's burdens, but each one should carry their own load. He talks here about sharing our burdens with one another. These are, the, these are the things that are burdening us. These are the things that are on our hearts where we're like, hey, these are some emotional things I'm going through. These are some of the struggles I'm facing in life. These are some of the hurts and pains that I have. Maybe, maybe you've recently lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost a loved one and these, this time and the season kind of brings around the reminder of that. You've just gone through a breakup. You've just gone through losing your job. Those are some burdens. And can I say, we are not meant to carry those alone. We're meant to have people around us to help carry those burdens. But Paul, Paul gives us um, a little bit of a caution here to carry each other's burdens, but not one another's loads, meaning not enabling people. So this can look like when, when someone comes to you for the fourth time and is like, hey, I keep overpacking my schedule and I really need your help on this work project that I took on. And you're like, hey, this is the fourth time, man. I'm gonna have to say no. Or it's that, that, that family member that comes back and says, hey, I know you keep bailing me out financially. I made another bad financial decision and I really need help with that. And at some point, we have to lovingly say, hey, that's your load to carry. I'd love to help you out with some wisdom in this, but I don't want to enable you. So when I was thinking about this, I kind of thought like, man, who is with you? Who's in your corner? Who do you have when you have a burden that you need to, sh to share? This is why we're so passionate and so big about small groups here at this church. Because if you're in a group you know and understand, man, you find people who are your people in that group, right? You find people who will help carry your burdens together. And, and this is one reason that we have Steve as our group's pastor. Because if there's somebody who can champion carrying one another's burdens, but telling you to carry your own load, it's Steve, guys. He's so good at lovingly 
helping people through stuff, but at the same time, constantly telling me, Lance, put on your big boy britches, right? (laughs) I love that we have that kind of community. And I want to encourage you in two different ways when it comes to this portion of burnout. Number one, who do you have with you? Who's with you that you can share your burdens with? And number two, who are you with? Do you, are you seeking out and finding people to say, hey, that's somebody I want to help. That's somebody I want to be with. That's somebody that I want to make sure isn't walking through this phase of life alone. And the third thing to do, it comes along with the spirit, and that's to remember your mission and purpose in life. And th- this is probably the biggest part of this. Peter ends up, like I said, he ends up doing all this. And even after Jesus comes back from the dead, Peter goes back to fishing. It's what he did before he met Jesus. It's what he did before he received his calling. And Peter goes back to it. And so Peter's out fishing one day with some of the disciples. And Jesus is resurrected from the dead. He's back. They're out fishing. And and they don't know it's Jesus on the shore. And Jesus yells out to them. And he calls out. And he's like, hey, guys, have you caught any fish? And they're like, no, we haven't caught anything today. And he says, try to cast your nets on the other side of the boat. And so they cast their nets on the other side of the boat and they haul in this huge load of fish. And in that moment, Peter and John remember, Jesus did this miracle before. You know, he did the same exact miracle the first time he called Peter into his calling and his mission. And Peter recognizes that it's Jesus. So he jumps out of the boat, he swims to the shore, and Jesus is just chilling out there cooking some fish over a campfire. And this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. John 20, 21, 12, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. <laughs> None of these disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. You see, I love this because in this moment, Jesus could have easily looked at Peter Remember what Peter did. He denied him three times in the rooster crowed. Jesus could have looked at Peter and said, hey, Peter, cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> but no, Jesus decided instead, Peter, I want you to remember that down to the elemental nature of you and all my creation, you're designed to have a relationship with me. And I want to have breakfast with you. I want to sit with you, I want to talk with you, and I want to remind you of your calling and purpose. Jesus ends up telling Peter and reminding him of that when he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, of course I love you. And he tells him, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. He reminds him of his calling and his purpose. You see, without, without purpose, we'll constantly feel like we have no direction in life. And we'll just kind of do a little bit of everything and face some serious burnout. Now, I I can talk about this topic of burnout um, because this is something I have definitely faced and been through in life. Uh, Back in 2020, and I'm not gonna talk about COVID, all right? We're gonna leave that one out for a little bit. Before that even happened, before the pandemic, um, I was working here at the church and I actually went to Justin and I turned in my letter of resignation in 2020. And I said, Justin... I can't do this anymore. And that was not something that was easy to admit. And that was not something that was easy at all to do. Now, that was years ago, so you can see something changed, right? I remember turning that in, and the reason why is because, to be honest with you guys in here, I was burnt out. 
And it wasn't because of expectations that were put on me by the church. It wasn't because there was too much work for me to do here. And it wasn't because I wasn't successful in what I was doing, man. If you looked at it from the outside, it was like, man, there is success in the ministries. I was doing great. Things were going really good. But I was in a place of burnout. And I walked through every single one of these three things Peter walked through. And I was trying to do everything on my own strength. And I was trying to do everything by myself. I was relying so much on myself and, and I would listen to these negative voices and, and you know, I would get like one negative comment and just dwell on that. And I would sit on it for weeks. I would have one person, I'd, I'd have a student that would leave the youth group and I would think it was all my fault and I would think it was the end of the world. I would throw an event and I would want a certain amount of students to come and, and when the number was just three or four under that, it was a defeat and it was a loss for me because I was doing everything with my own perspective. I was doing everything in my own strength and I was looking for my own outcomes in this. I learned something extremely, extremely valuable to boil this all down into one point, if I could, it would be this, is that burnout is often the result of self-reliance. All three of the areas Peter went through he was relying on himself. Back to the garden when he cut off the guard's ear. He was relying on himself, his own strength and his sword to accomplish something. Then when, when Peter, you know, ends up denying Jesus, he's, he's by himself and he's trying to rely on his own strength. And then when Peter's distraught and constantly reminded every morning of what he did to his Savior, Peter was self-reliant. There's a truth that Jesus has when it comes to self-reliance. He says this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. This is the truth of God's grace for you today. There's some freedom. If you're experiencing burnout, if you feel like you're, you're on your way to it, or you're in the middle of it, or you're in the tail end of it, there's a God that wants rest for your soul today and for you. So I had turned in my letters of resignation, and I came to this reality that I was trying all this on my own. And I, went, I remember going back into Justin's office and knocking on the door. And originally, I was going to stay on to the, to the end of May. But then, of course, I said, I wouldn't bring it up. But COVID happened, okay? And so I stayed on through it. And I remember going back into his office in the middle of the summer. And I was like, hey, Justin, can I talk to you for a second? And he said, come on in. I said, hey, I don't want to leave the church anymore. I don't want to quit working there. Is there any way I can keep my job? <laughs> and he said, Absolutely. It was so freeing, guys, to recognize that my job is to rely on the Lord. My job is to trust him, to do the work he's called me to, to give him everything I can, but trust him with the results of it in the end and not beat myself up when it looks different. 
and not be angry or mad when things aren't the outcome I expected, but to always turn back, not be relying on myself, to trust in God in every circumstance. And I'll tell you, it's interesting because I'll be honest now, I'm doing more than I was a couple of years ago at the church, but I'm nowhere near that burnout phase. I'm nowhere near that because I'm relying on God and I'm trusting in him completely. And it's the most beautiful thing when we learn to do that. And so I'm gonna pray to close out the service and I wanna invite you to, to pray with me. And, and if you're here today and you would say, man, I, I, am, I am in the middle of some of that. I am experiencing some burnout at work or in relationships or at home, wherever it is. I want you to take this moment to just go to God and to ask him, Lord, would you give me that rest that you promise in Matthew? Would you let me experience that today? And then to, to just simply say, God, I trust you with the outcome of this entire situation. Whatever it may look like, Lord, with open hands, I give it to you today. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for who you are. And God, today we thank you for your truth that, that we, as we walk through Peter's life and, and we discover the truth of what he faced, Lord, and what we can face in our lives, we thank you that you give us answers for this, God, that you give us a way to work on this with our body, our soul, and our spirit, Lord. And God, I pray for each and every one of us who's in here, if, if anybody's walking through this phase or this area of burnout in their lives, Lord, I pray that you would give them that rest that you talk about, that you promise. God, I pray that we would begin to put some of these principles you give us into practice, Lord, that we would create margin in our lives, that we would seek out others, Lord, and that if we need it, God, would you remind us of our calling, our mission, and our purpose? Because Lord, we know that you want freedom for us, God. We know that you want to give us freedom in this area of our lives. And so God, we stand here today thanking you in advance for that freedom, thanking you in advance for what you're going to do in each and every one of our lives. And Lord, if we have friends or family that are going through this, that we would be there for them, that you would give us the wisdom and the words to share with them, and that we would walk through these seasons with our loved ones. God, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody says a big amen. amen. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you back next week.